Hi, you're listening to The Tradie Show, Together in Trade Business, the podcast for trade business and contracting bosses like you and your partner who want to lead with confidence, make more profit and create a better lifestyle. Are you ready to fast track your freedom and have some fun with your hosts, fellow trade business owners and husband and wife team, Andy and Angela Smith. Hey everyone, and welcome back to another awesome episode of The Tradie Show. And a huge round of applause and a welcome to my gorgeous co-host, business partner and wife, Ange. Aww, what a lovely introduction that was. <laughs> I am super excited to be here today because I love today's topic. It's one of the easiest things that any trade business owner can implement to increase conversion Quickly. Hey now, you're jumping the gun, baby, and you're getting straight into the juicy stuff. Oh, yep, sorry. Can you tell I'm just a little excited about this one? So did you actually have something important to share before I talked about today's topic? No, not really, but I could talk about the weather. Really? Rain, rain, and more rain. (laughs) (laughs) But I do have a book recommendation for everyone. Okay, hang on, hold up. (laughs) Mr. I don't read, but I have a book recommendation. Must be good. Yeah, but I love a good audio book and this is definitely a must read. It's an oldie, but it's super relevant still today. And it's also really well known. The book is called How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. Yeah, I love that book. And it is an oldie, it's but a, a goodie. It's, a, it's so old. <laughs> so, t- <laughs> so tell me, what did you actually love about it? I loved it. I received it as a gift for my 21st birthday from some close entrepreneurial mates of mine. And they said, you have to read this book. And I'm not a reading type of guy and I started the book, but it really basically taught me how to connect with people and build relationships. And that is such an important thing when it comes to being a growing business these days. And it's basically learning how you can become a more likable person. (laughs) Well, you're not a likable person. Is that why you like the book? (laughs) Whoa, that's a bit harsh. That's a bit harsh. (laughs) I found it a great reminder about those small things that are really, really important. And even just something as remembering someone's name and making them feel good about themselves is a really good start to building a a long-term relationship. Yeah, agreed. Look, it seems crazy that we humans who are actually built to make connections should read a book to teach you how to make connections and be (laughs) likeable. I tell you what, I think every kid under 25 years of age that sits there with their head stuck in their phone Mm. has to read this book about making connections. But the thing is, we're really not taught how to make friends when you're a kid these days, you know. So if you're shy or you struggle to talk a little bit, then often you can grow up and you've got quite a few hang-ups and it can be tough communicating with people. Yeah. And as a trade business owner, then the importance of knowing how to hold a conversation and build these strong relationships, not just with your team, but with your customers, your suppliers. In fact, anyone you actually come in contact with on a day-to-day basis can make for a much smoother business experience. Becoming liked and therefore, I guess, a bit influential is key to being a great trade business owner. Absolutely. And also to be a leader. And the book is built around exactly that. You know, it teaches you heaps of tips on how to be friendlier, how to make more relationships. And as they say, how to win people with your way of thinking and become influential. 
Yeah, look, it's one thing to be likable, but it's quite another to be considered a leader who others will follow. So I guess to sum it up, if you're looking for some tips on communication in general and how to build relationships to ultimately become a great leader, then I agree, Andy, this is a great book to check out. Absolutely. So let's get back to today's episode. Today's topic's all about influencing leads to convert into a job. Right, but the first thing I want to start with is a question for the listeners. When you're answering your work phone, what is the sole purpose? So, Anne, what's your answer? Well, to turn them into a job. Or, correction, for some tradies, the first step is actually to get the potential customer on the phone to say yes to them coming on site to even give a quote. Exactly. And that's the name of the game in the trade business to complete multiple profitable jobs within a week, within a month, within a year. So I want to ask you, how well are you converting every single call and making them a paying customer? Look, that's a really good question. I'd say that most trade business owners are super hungry for work when they first start their business. Mm -hmm. They're desperate for work in general just to fill the week and make money. And therefore, they're super keen to answer the phone. Yes, it's true. You know, I used to fall over myself answering that phone thinking, this is the next paying customer. Yeah, baby. You know, I was seriously like a hungry dog. (laughs) (laughs) But then you get super busy on the tools completing the work. So let me ask you this. What happens to the calls then? You know, you can get super busy and you think, oh, this bloody phone, does it ever stop ringing? You know, but over the years past, sometimes you become complacent as well because you have a lot of work, you've been in business for a long time, you're like, oh, yeah, they'll probably ring back. And both of these, being lazy or complacent, is not a good thing at all. Basically, your interest in answering the phone the right way completely goes Mm. by the wayside and your enthusiasm gets lost. It exactly does. And you're on the phone and potentially you could lose that job opportunity just by the way you answer the phone. Yeah, like simple things like not answering the phone, saying your company name or even your name. Yeah, you really just need to have a process to ensure you've captured all the right information as well. And that really helps with the conversion. So we seem to be right back where we started talking about this word conversion. Yes. So basically what you say and how you say it can increase the chances of that potential customer to say yes to you coming on site to either do the job or quote the job. And you know what? That's what we want in its most simplest form. Yeah, exactly. And to ensure our team answered the phone correctly every time, we created the call converter. It's our exact nine steps that you need to follow in order to ensure that every phone call turns into a job. Exactly. And you know what, my friends? That's what we're going to share with you today. So what is the call converter? And we want to share with you the exact nine steps. Okay, I can hear you guys out there thinking right now, do they think we're dumb? How hard is it to answer a bloody telephone, mate? (laughs) But guess what? You've got to listen to this because a lot of you aren't answering the phone the right way and it's costing you potential sales. Exactly. How you answer that phone can make or break the sale. And there's some businesses out there that are spending a bucket load of money on marketing to actually make the phone ring. And then on the flip side, they're not answering the phone the right way and they're losing the sale. So they're literally just flushing their money down the drain. Absolutely. I recently recorded some training with some of our members in our free Facebook group, which is Mm. called Together in Trade Business on this exact 
topic. Yeah. I actually took them through the entire process in a video and shared a download that explained each step. So you guys, listeners, if you want access to the training plus a bunch of other resources that we've shared, then search in Facebook together in trade business and join and or, you know, check the show notes because I'll put in a link to the group in there too. All right, so let's get stuck in. The nine steps in the core converter are divided into three stages. Each stage is designed to move the customer closer and closer to saying yes to you coming out on site. Drum roll, please. So the three stages are build an immediate rapport, be heard and book the job. So let's look at the first stage of build immediate rapport by building trust with the customer. Because the reality is people buy from people they like and they trust. We all do it ourselves, don't we, Ange? We love it when we go to our local coffee shop and they're like, hey, Andy, how are Angie? It sort of makes you feel special, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, it does. It's not groundbreaking, but it is important. It does make you go back. And, and I know that if I've got two coffee shops to go to and they're similar coffee, but one of them makes me feel special, then I go to that coffee shop. Yeah. So true. I'll even go out of my way to go there. So Mm. for a trade business owner, you don't have the luxury of having these five-minute chats about the customer's life. Instead, you're building this connection through the tone of your voice and the language you choose. Yeah, and you can do this by starting with step one, and that is a happy welcome. This means answering the phones with a warm, happy tone in your voice and saying something professional along the lines of, good morning, good afternoon, ABC Plumbing, this is Andy. You must include the business name and you must use your name last so that's the last thing that they hear. So, tell me why. Because you've just given your name and not only have you made the conversation personal pretty quickly, meaning you are now an immediate friend. You know, they say behavioural science tells us that when you do that, you feel inclined to say the same thing in return. Hi, Andy. My name is Joanne. I'm calling because blah. Yeah. So it's kind of like when someone says, how are you? And your immediate response is something like, I'm good, thanks. How are you? It's kind of automatic. It actually just rolls off the tongue. Yeah, exactly. And it's not that hard. It's actually the first step to building rapport. Yes. And another important note to make is the tone you use. So a lot of the time, the person answering the phone is often you, the business owner, but you're also perhaps on the tools. So when the phone does ring, you're often in the middle of something like maybe you're under a sink or you're up a ladder and the phone ringing is actually a nuisance. Yeah, and the natural response for a lot, a lot of us, that bloody phone, does it ever stop, you know? And you take a really long time to answer it and sometimes you don't even answer it and you let it go to voicemail or you answer it with a, hello, Ugh. yeah, what do you want, mate? <laughs> and you don't mention your name or your business name and, you know, all because you're a bit frustrated that the phone rang in the first place when reality is this is a really great problem to have. <laughs> Remember, you paid for the expensive marketing to make the phone ring, so be happy, crew, and answer it. Yeah, and the customer cops the brunt of it. They can actually hear your frustration, Mm -hmm. and guess what? They actually say to themselves, hmm, he doesn't sound very nice. I won't get this guy to come to my house. And just like that, you've lost the sale. Ouch. Yeah, and it is so true. And everyone these days, it's just so easy to Google it or make another phone call just really quickly. So I find these days that a lot of people aren't leaving voice messages. Maybe repeat customers are, but new customers, they're not even leaving voice messages. They're just going on to the next phone number, baby. So what you should do is 
change the tone and actually sound like you care. You know, they want you to be happy. When you're answering the phone with a flat delivery like, hi, ABC Plumbing, versus, hi, good morning, ABC Plumbing, this is Andy, makes a huge difference whether they take the next step to saying yes for you to come on site. Exactly. And if it's too hard for you to be answering the phone, you probably need to think about who might be better to do that. You may even need to outsource this to perhaps a VA or hire someone within the business to do it because you don't want to be missing these phone calls. And if it's still you and you're a one-man show and you're the business owner and you find it hard to answer the phone all the time, another option is you could have a really good scripted voicemail. But as I mentioned before, I just think society and life these days is people want an immediate answer. And if you don't ring them back straight away, there's a real good chance you've lost them. Agreed. Okay, let's move on to step two which is clarify the problem. You know, when customers are ringing you, they've got a problem and they want to tell you about it. And sometimes you don't even need to ask because naturally it rolls off the tongue. I'm giving you a call because I need help with this. Yes, you do really want to listen to them and take note of their problem, but it's important to roll quickly into the third step, which is about asking for their details like their name and best contact phone number. Yeah, we go straight into the name and their mobile number straight at the very start. And for us, that just sort of stops the time wasters of people asking a million questions. I go, well, actually, I just need a tap fix. And go, that's okay if we can just start with your name and start with your mobile number. And they go, oh, I'm just looking at a price. And we go, that's okay, Mrs. Jones, if we can just start with your name and your mobile phone number. And then you get their address and you follow the same procedure every time. Because if you don't do that, sometimes they're just complete time wasters and they are gone. Well, they're often hunting actually for your hourly rate. So it is important that you keep pushing back about getting their phone number and their, we've Mm. already given your name because we Mm. don't want to be wasting anyone's time. They're literally just starting to shop around for the best price. So don't ever tell your price over the phone. It's literally a race to the bottom. Yeah, there's so many tradies that still tell their price over the phone and and you know what? I'm really not a, a fan of it. You know, if you, you're telling people a price over the phone, not always, but a lot of them are price shopping and they'll just ring another three or four guys. And if they're saying the price over the phone as well, at the end, you could have even been the cheapest, but they'll just go with the last person they called. So you're just doing yourself an injustice. Well, they won't remember the fact that they've made four phone calls and you were number two, even though you were the cheapest price. Yep. And And not always, but a lot of them are D customers. Correct. Not always though. So that's the first of the three stages of the core converter done. Yippee. Woohoo. So let's move on to the next one. So the second stage is be heard. And it's all about making the customer feel like you've really listened to them and that you understand the work completely. So this is going to cover steps four, five, and six. So the fourth step is gathering the facts and digging into the customer's problem a little bit more. Yeah, so I'll give you an example. You know, they may have mentioned they've got a leaking tap. You know, we like to dig a little by asking questions like, where is the tap located? What time of tap is it? Is it a quarter turn tap or a half turn tap? Is it a mixer tap? It proves to them that you know a little bit about what they're talking about, but it also adds a little bit of confusion at the same time. So it might seem a bit savage, I guess, confusing the customer on purpose, but it makes them realise that their problem might not be as simple as just fixing a tap. It's actually a little more technical than that and that you're the right person for the job because you know what you're talking about through the questions that you've asked. 
So if you've got an admin or dispatch person answering the phone for you, then you need to arm them with a few specific questions that they can ask to gather information on your behalf. And then this flows into step five, which is feedback the facts. Yeah, this step means that you're repeating the problem that they've got, you know, like a leaking tap in the main bathroom and it's a mixer tap. It just gives the customer confidence that you've actually heard what they've said and you understand exactly what the issue is. And once they confirm, yes, that's the problem, you roll into step six, which is setting the rules. And this is one of the most important bits. Yes, I was going to say exactly that. Mm. So setting customer expectations on how you and your team work is super important. So for example, in our plumbing business, Dr. Drip, we would literally say to the customer, so how we work, Mrs. Jones, is we charge $55 diagnostic fee, which includes the master plumbing coming to your house, having a look at the problem and providing you with an upfront cost for any work or testing required. And when you go ahead with the work on the day, the $55 is waived. We also require payment on completion via cash or credit card. And you know what? I understand not all businesses operate this way, but prepping a customer on what's required from them before you set foot on site makes for a much smoother process once the tradesperson is actually on site. So even using the words, when you go ahead, for instance, Mm -hmm. is being presumptuous that they're actually going to say yes to the work. Yeah, and I also want to clarify that we did charge a $55 diagnostic fee. I know those fees have gone up a little bit now, but if they didn't go ahead with the job, it was important that you needed the charge and that. And some people would push back and say, I don't want to pay for a quote, I want a free quote, which we would respond with something like, we understand, but we only charge a $55 diagnostic fee to drive to your house, spend half an hour to an hour with you, go through what needs to be done. And if you need to go ahead with the job anyway, don't you, Mrs. Jones? And they go, yes, and go, well, then it is free. Yes, because it's waived. So would anyone push even further after that? Yeah, for sure. Some people were like, well, if you're going to charge me for that, I'm not going to go ahead with the job. And you say, well, we're, we're sorry that you think that way. Um, You know, for the amount of time and effort and the cost of running our vehicles and coming to on site to give you half an hour, an hour of our time of professional advice, we actually think $55 is very fair. And then sometimes after that, people go, oh, when you put it that way, it is really fair. And if they still kicked up a stink? Well, that would definitely a D customer. And we'd say to them, <laughs> listen, Mrs. Jones, thank you for your phone call today. It sounds like our company is not suited for you, but we wish you the best. Correct. So in this set the rules part, I do want to add that we also made sure that every customer was aware that we took payment on completion of every job. No excuses. No excuses. To the point that our boys knew that we'd say that and we trained everyone to know because some customers, they try and throw a little furphy at the end and go, oh no, the office said I could pay later. And our boys would say, well, that's definitely not the case. We have a strict policy. And they go, oh, oh, well, we can give the office a call now. They go, oh no, don't worry, we'll pay. And they say, but I'll direct deposit later tonight. And we were even at the stage, we go, that's okay, Mrs. Jones. I'm happy for you to direct deposit, but if you can go and do it now and we'll just wait and if you can just show us where the money's gone. Like we really would take it to the next level. And I know that almost feels like we're not trusting our customer, but we had less than a few thousand dollars outstanding on a company that was turning over a lot of money and it was the only way to fly. And, and they understood it because our jobs, everything was done 
on the job, and that just saves all that rubbish amount of time that happens in the office for most businesses. Well, the the expense that you have of your office person now chasing that debt, that now turns into 30 days, 60 days, 90 days, and the customer now actually has all the power because Mm. the job is finite and it's over. Exactly. So it is ridiculous amount of time chasing invoices that you don't want to do. So it is important, especially if you're a maintenance business like us, or you have a capability of collecting money on completion of a job at any point, you must change your processes and your technology to allow it. And that's why it's so important that we started a business to be able to be in control and we wanted a business that we could run like we wanted. Don't let your customers dictate what you really want. Mm. And so many business owners out there, they're dead set pushovers and, and the customers treat them like dog shit. And we're the business owner. It's our business. This is how we work. You do it in a very polite way. This is how we work and this is exactly what's going to happen and that is the best way to run a business and that saves all the drama in the back office and wasted time like you just said. That's right. So setting these rules and you agreeing on what they are for your trade business is important so that you're saying that at this point on the call so the customer is aware, Mm -hmm. but inclusive of that, ensuring that you've done all your training with your team so they are really confident and give them even language to say to a customer Mm -hmm. in different circumstances they might find them in to ensure that the money actually gets collected. Well, that's where also, you know, we teach, we train our boys to such a degree that any response the customers have, we've always got a response that we've trained the guys on how to react. Correct. And delivering those sentences with calm and confidence. Oh, yeah. That's important. (laughs) (laughs) So this helps us move now into the last stage of the core converter, which is all around booking the job. So this is going to be steps seven, eight, and nine. These steps sound really simple, but there's a bit of science around them. Well, there is because a lot of times uh, the customers ring up and then we say to them, so when would you like us to come? But then the customer's dictating what is perfect for them. But as a business that maybe has a scheduler or you do this dispatching, you might do a broad area. So you need to make sure you're, you're slotting these jobs in near other jobs that are around the area. So you've got to be very smart about how you do this. So for us, we never really let the customers dictate. We give them opportunities. And what we do is we start with the step seven, which is suggest a time and a day, and we'd always give them a yes or yes question. So it's really important to say something like, we have a spot either on Wednesday at 7 a.m. or we've got a spot on Thursday between 9 and 11 a.m. You know, what you don't say is, what is the best day suited to you? Because it's such an open-ended question. And a lot of times they'll pick something that doesn't suit and then you're saying no to them. Yes. And if I looked at this question through the eyes of the customer, your question of, and which day is best for you, my mind's drifted into my entire messy week about everything that I actually have to get done. And guess what? Confusion leads to no sale. Yeah. And giving them two options is great. They can say that one works and that one doesn't. And just stops them, as you said, from being confused or overwhelmed. Yes. So once you've chosen a time slot, we move on to step eight, which is add the wow. Basically, what you want is the customer to be left thinking, I've made the right decision. So how do you do that? And what do you say to make them think that? Well, just like the coffee shop we talked about earlier, you want to make sure you use their name. I know it sounds a bit crazy, but people love that you personalise what you say. And our last sentence would be, 
Okay, Mrs. Jones, we have you booked in between 9am and 11am tomorrow. The plumber will give you a call when he's on his way to give you an exact time of arrival. And hypothetically, if I was that customer, I'd now be super impressed that a trades business would even stay in contact. It's normally, I'll be there on X day between 8am and 5pm and expect me to stay in the house all day Mm. waiting for you to arrive. I'm way too busy for that. And you know what? These are those one percenters that make a huge difference to building trust when dealing with your customers. It's what leaves them thinking, I've made the right choice. And I just want to add there that we actually, before we made the phone call to them, we found that if our tradies just made a phone call to the customer, the customer wouldn't recognize the mobile number and they'd pick up the phone maybe 50% of the time. So then we changed it that we'd send a text message from the office first, letting them know that David was going to give them a call in the next five minutes. And then that phone call was answered about 90% of the time. And this is all about building this amazing experience and connection with the tradie arriving at the door. Absolutely. So then to put the cherry on the top, we're going to move to step nine, which is end on a high. Yeah, exactly. It's ending the call politely with a simple, thank you so much for calling, Mrs. Jones. Look forward to seeing you soon and have a great day. And, you know, as we mentioned, when they hang up, they think, oh my God, that's such a nice person. Um, I'm going to tell my family and friends about this because you're building this really good trust with this potential new customer. Yes. So this is the steps of the call converter. Mm -hmm. It's actually the exact nine steps you need to follow in order every single time to give your business the best chance of converting the prospect to a paying customer. It's all got to be delivered really genuinely, politely, and with a smile on your face because the ultimate goal is having the customer say yes to you coming on site to either do the work or provide a quote. Exactly. And then when you're on site, there's a whole nother process to follow to make sure you're increasing your quote conversion. But you know what, Ange? That's a story for another day. (laughs) Now, you're jumping the gun, Andy, one thing at a time. So like I said earlier, the call converter process is super simple to implement but can reap massive rewards. So if you want to watch a video where I take you through the call converter in detail and a template to help you craft your rules and your scripts, then head to our free Facebook group Together in Trade Business to watch the training today. So search Together in Trade Business in Facebook or head to the show notes for the link. And I must say, this core converter is top level training and it is really critical to do what we've explained and to be able to watch that video and go through it all more on a step-by-step basis, you will definitely love it. So I think that's getting close to a bit of a wrap and I would love to hear your stories out there and how the core converter worked for you in your trade business. So drop us an email at podcast at lifestyletradie.com.au and we'll catch you next week. See you then. Subscribe to The Tradie Show, Together in Trade Business now. Wherever you get your favourite podcasts, rate and write us a review or check out the show notes at lifestyletradie.com.au forward slash podcast. Thank you for listening. Until next time, hell yeah.